0: You're listening to a podcast on the Awkward Human Network. If you want to find out more about this show and all the other cool stuff that we do, visit AwkwardHuman.com. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Interview with a Nerd. This is episode number 37 and I don't know why I tried to make myself sound sexy right there, but you know, it was a choice and I did it. Welcome, everyone. I hope everyone's having a good week. I hope everyone had a good weekend. Me, I think I had a very busy weekend. My boyfriend went out of town, and I try to keep myself busy. Uh, I think I did that, and I am so tired, especially with this whole um, daylight savings BS. I woke up real late, which I'm sure a lot of you guys did, uh, and and I was very confused because I did not remember that this was happening, and probably... Probably about like two hours, three hours after I woke up, I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, okay, this makes sense now. I get it." Uh, So yeah, that was my my Sunday. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show. this week I don't have a review and I don't have uh, a news or anything like that because I wanted to get straight into the interview because it is a longer. Uh, it's it's not like the longest one we've had, but it's a long one. Uh, it's definitely over an hour, or so. We're just going to get right into it. I do want to let you know that I'm very aware, and we even mentioned it in the interview, that we are two men talking about Captain Marvel. And uh, and I say it during the interview, too. But I try to get some, some women on, but uh, that just wasn't going to happen for this episode because people were busy, and some people declined because they didn't want to get in trouble for their thoughts that they had. So uh, instead, it's just myself and my, my beautiful friend Topher Harless, and we are talking about Captain Marvel. We enjoyed the film, and we don't talk about every little detail in it, but we do go through the things that we liked, some stuff that stuck out, and yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, here it is. Hello, and welcome to the show, Topher Harless. Welcome back. I thought
1: you were saying the show was named Topher Harless and I got no, real excited. I no. was like, did we just start a new podcast?
0: Yeah, we just started a new I'm podcast. In. I'm yeah. surprising you here right now. It's called Topher Harless. Yeah, That's I love it. it.
1: <laughs> no, it's not like the Topher Harless show or Topher uh-huh. Harless guy. It's just Topher Harless. It's like Conan. I'm I have my own
0: show. Right. It's just my name. You're always the guest. <laughs> <laughs> I like this host you're us. you're not the always the you're guest. just always the these guest. are the rules i
1: don't make them <laughs> i just live by them
0: uh-huh uh welcome back Topher. i always love having you here uh Aww. we are here to discuss the captain marvel movie but before we do that i want to ask what you've been loving let's catch up a little bit
1: awesome uh right now on Winding comics megan i just got finished reading um uh this uh, grant morrison doom patrol series we read Ish it's from his if you go to Amazon, it's just called book one, but um, it's actually issues 19 through 36 of why, the series. Why, why what? <laughs> uh so what he'll do is uh, he wrote a ton of them and various art uh like writers will write different sections of the series, and he his favorites were 19 through 36, and those were very specific stories that go through um this specific group of people that are in the doom patrol because the doom patrol just like any other group is going to vary with all the different characters Mm -hmm. and uh this one had these very cool unique specific ones and it was their journey going through these various battles and it is so bizarre and it is the most unique comic i've i think i've ever read like it was Mm -hmm. like outside of something like saga like this is with like actual superheroes you know in dc comics or whatnot Uh, it was just so, like... I've always liked Grant Morrison, but I really loved Grant Morrison while reading these. It was so different, and I really enjoyed it. Each of them had, like, these weird storylines. The villains are nothing like villains we ever read. The last one had villains with Mr. Nobody, which was just basically, like, this shadow man, and he trapped all of Paris in a painting. Like, that's a real story. (laughs) And it was so good. Like, it's cool. It's very cool. When
0: were these published?
1: I want to say... the 80s oh, okay so it could have been later could have been the 90s mm-hmm. uh but they were really really interesting my favorite character is probably crazy jane who is this she's this female that has multiple personality well it's called uh, dissociative di- identity disorder now mm-hmm. uh at the time it was called multiple personality disorder and she has like 63 different personalities and oh. each of those different personalities has their own superpower so when she has these psychotic breaks between characters they the the, different powers come out of different things and it's it's fascinating it's so interesting these are really broken people (laughs) and they're superheroes and it's like what are the missions that no one wants to go on let's send the doom patrol and it's awesome
0: Ah, it reminds me a little bit and not because the stories are probably similar but um, of Umbrella Academy and I haven't read either one of them but they both just kind of came out Uh, Netflix just released Umbrella Academy and DC Universe is uh, weekly releasing Doom Patrol right now Mm -hmm. and with Umbrella Academy I've only seen about like two or three episodes but those characters are also very broken very flawed and uh, I'm liking this direction of adaptations where we're getting to see these broken flawed characters Um, done with, like, high quality. Yeah. uh, Because, I mean, sure, we have that with, like, Arrow and stuff, but I feel like that's a different level of entertainment. Yes. Um, And so I'm really enjoying that. So I will probably need to pick that. I'm going to write a note. You're going to have to
1: check that out. I feel like (laughs) we're in a day and age now where people are being more vulnerable than they ever have been. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying, like, hey, I deal with depression. I deal with this. I deal with that. Uh, Mental having a mental disorder is not as big of a you never talk about it like i'm from the south if you fart funny we don't talk about it like it's (laughs) it's like you bury everything but now i feel like so many people are like oh no i'm manic depressive i'm bipolar i'm whatever and that has opened up a lot of doors for much more unique characters to flourish and i freaking love it because it's different than everything else. Mm-hmm. This is not a Superman comic. <laughs> it is the least Superman comic, although Superman was in one issue. They're all kind of, kind of come off as duds compared to the Doom Patrol, which are these unique, interesting mm-hmm. people. Did so, you guys
0: read it because of the series? Or? We did. Okay. Uh, it
1: was something that Megan was like really stoked to do. And I it was the little bitch about it. And I was like <laughs> very hesitant because I tend to not love much older comics. Like uh, when you get to Pat, like earlier than the 90s, I'm typically like,
0: <sighs> Right. You know,
1: like <laughs> all these characters are like really talking heads and like it's Arrow and uh, Green Lantern <laughs> going on a car ride across the country. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Not as into it.
0: Yeah. I feel the same way. Like with the way that I, uh, I'm, oh, God, at one point I was reading about 55 different series. Holy crap. Um, did just your like brain rotating melt in your head them. and yeah, a little bit <laughs> uh, but it was because i really wanted to know everything Holy when God. i was getting to know these characters because i'd pick up like maybe like an x men comic or whatever you know uh, something more modern and then they'd reference something from the past and they would be like well now i need to go back and find out what's going on with that <laughs> like what is that what does that mean and so like i i went back and i started with the origins of like in the 60s x men there are fucking wordy.
1: They're so So wordy. wordy. So many words. And they're very preachy too. Very
0: preachy. (sighs) And um, it's hard to get through them. I finally got to the Claremont age of X-Men uh, and I read very slowly when I get through these cause there are 55 so <laughs> series many. like yeah. I'm saying. Uh, but recently I was like, I have to cut things out. Like mm. whatever's not, let me Marie Kondo these things. What's not <laughs> giving me joy, I need to get cut them it out. It doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. Get exactly, of it. and so mm. like I went through a list because even like weekly, I was spending about $40 on comics just to like keep up with everything that I was interested in. And I decided like, I can't do that anymore, Yeah, especially with, and I guess this will go into what I love, which everyone already knows because I talk about it so much, but like I've picked up a new hobby, which is board games. And Mm. those can be very expensive. And yeah. And so like, I had to give on something and it was like, okay, well right now board games are giving me a lot of joy. So I will invest in those and I will cut back on my comics. And now maybe it's about like seven comics I need to catch up on uh, per week, uh, which is not as bad as it was before. But um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I totally get you. The early
0: stuff is, is something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Is not as enjoyable. It's just, there was a minute, especially in, in all of them, especially DC more than Marvel, uh where the writers were still kind of writing for children it was Mm -hmm. seen as kind of a a negative thing to write comics like back in the day it was like oh this is a children's medium it's embarrassing to be a comic book writer and then there was a certain point where stan lee started to write uh more interesting characters and even still those more interesting characters revolutionized how comic books are written and people got interested and adults started reading them but even still for like another 20, 30 years, they weren't no, anywhere near as compelling as they are now where they deal with actual real issues. And a lot of them were really thought bubbly. <laughs> you spend all of your time like listening to the musings of a crazy
2: superhero. <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, I get that. It's very, very wordy. And I get real bored real quick.
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, I think is a perfect example is Moon Knight. Um mm. I started reading his like first appearances and issues and stuff, and he's just a superhero. Like he's just like a Batman stand-in yeah. um when he was introduced. Uh and they kind of explore like how he has his different personalities, I guess. Uh, but it was more depicted as just like um aliases yeah. versus him actually dealing with a dissociative uh W- w- identity disorder. Identity story, yeah. um, whereas I think now they they more talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so I I am glad that the comics have evolved <laughs> to like Same. tell these more serious gosh, like. Yeah. And then um, I don't know if you were reading uh, Heroes in Crisis, Mm-mm. which I think just ended, but that whole thing was like, what happens to heroes when when they're traumatized and like how do they heal up? And so I guess that's what oh, whole, the whole like Heroes in Crisis event was. Um, was like this sanctuary that heroes and sometimes villains can go to, like, get therapy after experiencing very that. traumatizing things. I haven't finished it. I read like books one or issues one through three or four or something. Um, but I liked it uh, so far. I like it. Uh, anyway, let's <laughs> let's move on to the main topic. Uh, Captain Marvel. Um, what were your? Okay, I'm gonna start with my initial thoughts, which were actually prior to the movie even starting okay um when i walked into the theater it was thursday night and i was very excited because leading up to the captain marvel movie there are trolls on the internet so that great. always speak louder than the people who are loving stuff and so it was very disheartening to see that you know people were going on rotten tomatoes you know downgrading it and everything and then they like change their whole whatever. I bet say so, yeah, uh, the whole process got yeah, changed because of that. Yeah. And so, uh, it's it's very disheartening to see this. However, walking into the theater and seeing all these women wearing Captain Marvel gear, shirts, shoes, purses, like everything. There were so many, but not only that, there were a ton of men wearing Captain Marvel gear. Yeah. And and so I was very very excited for that. It got me very hyped for the movie. And then when the film actually starts, the Marvel logo, they changed it. Oh. And it wasn't a did montage you tear of up all the little? different... Uh, I did tear up a little. It wasn't your typical montage of all the heroes, um, the logo that they redesigned a couple of years ago, but it was all Stan Lee. Every single image was Stan Lee, and it mm-hmm. was wonderful. Oh, it was Tribute so, to him.
1: so moving. Oh, my goodness. Uh, literally, I was in the theater, and I they started to show Stan Lee. I was like, oh, they added him to the different superheroes. Mm-hmm. And then it was all him. And I was like, but only him. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> such a child. I... When he passed away, and I, I never met Stanley, I was always more of a DC comics person than I was a Marvel Comics person, but I always like it was like a life goal for me to meet him. Mm-hmm. And even now, God, what is wrong with me? Uh, when he passed away, I cried my eyes out, and I'm not that person that cries for people that I don't know. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not a big celebrity person. But for some reason, it affected me deeply. And I, when I was watching it in the theater, I was like, <laughs> and I'm with a, <laughs> another dude who is not a cry person. He's like a manly dude. And I was like, <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's okay. I'm all right. It's fine. Like, uh-huh. Oh, my God. I was such a, I had
0: to like breathe deeply. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, he, well, I'm the same way. I don't typically cry when a celebrity dies, but I think this guy has such a huge influence on people's lives that, you know, you feel touched by him yeah. in one way or another. Because I think the entire world has, like, individually in some way or another, because everyone's seen a Marvel movie. Yeah. Everyone knows who Spider Man is. And like he changed yeah.
1: the way comic books were written. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we wouldn't be watching superhero movies, period, if it weren't for him. Yeah, we wouldn't because they would have stayed a children's medium for I don't know how long until someone else got their crap together and figured it out. Uh, But he changed our lives. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I was very happy to see that it was a surprise and it was touching and I enjoyed it. Uh, But let's get into the film. Yes. So what I liked about this movie was that we got a a different take on the origin story than Marvel has given us in the past, Mm -hmm. where we have. Uh, carol danvers who doesn't know where who she is where she came from or anything and we're piecing together her memories what were your thoughts on that
1: uh my first thought was uh well the very first thought when i started the movie period was like i'm just consistently impressed with marvel's ability to make a good film Mm -hmm. like the whole film in general like when i go to see a dc movie I don't know if I'm going to leave enjoying the film. <laughs> uh, it's just not a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. But even the worst Marvel movie, I know I'm going to leave enjoying that film. And even in the very beginning of the film, I was like, this is just so well made. Like mm. that was my very first impression of, I'm just so excited to see this film. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought even after it was over, I was like, "It." all of these movies are just so high quality and I'm just super thrilled with that. Um, When it came to her specific like not having a, a a good like knowing where she was from i don't tend to like those stories mm. i am not a big fan of um uh, this is definitely an improv kind of terminology transactional scenes that's one of the notes they give you an improv is don't do a scene where you don't know the other person uh because it takes away from that relationship uh for me, the best parts of that movie were when she started to remember herself mm-hmm. because then you have that relationship. Then you have that connection. And that makes the story so much richer. Uh, and it just like harkened me back to X-Men where Wolverine didn't know who he was. And I didn't love X-1, like the first X-Men movie. I mean, I liked it a lot. It was mm-hmm. a good movie, but it was nowhere near as good as X-2 when he started to have a family and his entire life wasn't completely revolving around the fact that he didn't know who he was. And having to get that validation from his past, it just became, this is my future. This is my family. Like, I'm dealing with the past, but there's that conflict going on. Because he knows who he is now. Mm. And I felt the same way about this. I was a little in the beginning, like, I'm okay with it. Like, it was my first thought when it came. I was like, I don't love that she doesn't know, but I, hopefully it'll be very mysterious. I don't think they made it quite as mysterious as I would have liked them to.
0: I would agree. I don't. I also <laughs> don't love those like we start off in the middle and we're all trying to figure out what happened. I yeah. think that it can be done well and nothing's Memento. popping up in my head. I've never seen it. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Oh, my God, Richard.
1: <laughs> we're just stopping this podcast now. We're going to watch Memento. Come right back. All right. We're, we're done, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to me, it felt like we were thrown in the middle of the movie. And I really had no idea what was going Man. on for, for quite a while. And, and like, I did know what was going on. But, like, at the same time, it was just, like, I felt like I... Uh, I was supposed to care right away. Yeah, but I was like, "Oh, I don't what like because you I, don't know the character yet." I, yeah, and and how do you think, care if you like, don't know this? Person like I said, that? I think there are movies that do it very well. Yeah. Uh, but like for this one, I think it was maybe like the the external hype that happened, yeah. where it's like everyone's like very excited to see this movie, and everyone's very connected to Carol. And then we start the movie, and we know nothing about her yet. She's yeah. already living her life six years, training on um this Cree planet or whatever, yeah. and she's already got her missions, and we're like, wait, what, huh, what, ah. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait a second. Why are some of the Kree blue, and why are some of the
1: Kree look like humans? Right. Like, why are they pink? And I don't know much about the Kree, so I had to Google that once the movie was over and try to figure out what the hell is going on, because mm-hmm. I thought they were all blue, because mm-hmm. like, that's how they are in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's how they're kind of portrayed in most of the other ones. So I was like, uh, wait a second. Like I kept kind of thinking throughout the movie that Jude Law was going to turn blue mm. at some point. Like he was just making himself look human mm-hmm. so that Carol felt more comfortable. But then they got on the train and there were tons of human looking ones. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what is going on.
0: Yeah. But, and, yeah. uh, I was talking to a friend of the show, John, John bring, and he was like feeling the same way, but I think we were uh, thinking back to the original Marvell. And mm-hmm. he looks like a human. He's not blue skinned, I don't think. It was not in the comics that I read. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I guess some of them are blue. <laughs> yeah, some are blue. Maybe some most are, pink. are blue and some are not. <laughs> I read
1: it online, and uh, there are different accounts for different series, but basically they all started out blue and then they started basically evolving. Mm. And so some are pink and some are blue. And some of the different series say that they're, it's a minority and some that are the blue. And the pink are more, and so blue is more like a pure race of them. Oh, like white people. Oh God. <laughs> that I'm was. Kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. Help me. <laughs> 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 um, uh, oh sweet Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and 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 that the uh, that there's less blue than there are pink, and there are other series that say that no, there are less pink than there are blue, mm-hmm. and there's like conflicts in their world because of that. But also. I was also confused in the beginning because Kree are typically bad guys. Uh, the Korean, I mean, like, it depends on who, but, like, I was like, wait a second, we're all good guys now? And I was immediately confused, like, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, mm-hmm. so, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I felt that way about the Scrolls too, aren't they, like, typically yes. bad guys? And when they, they are got the whole always of the scrolls bad guys. Yeah, and
1: stuff. that was weird. It was yeah. an interesting twist. By the way, guys, we're going to spoil. Oh yeah,
0: all the spoilers,
1: spoilers. There's going to be like a spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All this the spoilers. It's going to ruin the crap out of this movie. Uh,
0: yeah. So I wasn't in love with the whole like trying to gain memories back thing, but I yeah. think I finally like got into it after a while, and I was okay with it. Um, when she
1: started learning things, that's when I got into it. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. totally on board when she saw that picture of herself, in the dossier, in all those documents underground. Then mm. I was like, okay okay, you know who you are now. It's confirmed. We're like figuring shit out. I'm on board. Before it was just like, she doesn't know who she is. Also, she did a blaster thing and she was like, see, that's how you know I'm Cree. And I was like, did the rest of them do that? I don't think they do.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> like, scene in the bar when she's yeah. when Fury's like, how do I know you're not a Skrull? <laughs> and she was like,
1: Skrulls can't do this. And I was like, no one else can either. What are you talking about?
0: Was, <laughs> and his reaction was like, I don't know that they can't do that. Like, <laughs> that doesn't prove anything. He was awesome. He was so good.
1: Everything about him was on point. My favorite character, though, by far, was the cat. But everybody else, <laughs> like, I was so impressed with their buddy cop relationship. Mm-hmm. God, and she had such a good personality. Sorry, I'm taking this off the trail. No, 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 it's
0: true. I have that written down in my notes. Okay, uh, good. Buddy Cop Dynamic. Yes. I totally wrote that between them. was so good. I so love their good. banter back and forth, their playfulness with each other. We, we've we seen Fury be playful with characters, but he's usually like this very serious, like almost father figure type of yeah. uh, character. Whereas the trailer for Spider-Man
1: Homecoming. Yeah. You need
0: to get in on board Spider-Man. <laughs> like
1: that's his
0: whole thing. Yeah, and in this one, he's younger, he's more playful, he's like really connecting to to Brie Larson's character and I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, and that moment where he's like, I I didn't expect our enemies to come from above. You are so not Nick Fury. Nick Fury is all about protecting the earth from aliens Mm -hmm. and it was so cool to see this deconstructed Nick Fury and like, which is usually a thing I hate when they do with superheroes, but I loved it in this film. Mm -hmm. Like him being like this guy who's like, Oh, yeah, sure, you're an alien. You look like you're about to play laser (laughs) tag, which all the 90s references. All of them. All of them. (laughs) I heard... three reviews where someone was like, too many references. They were just, the movie was all about reference. I don't know why Trump said this. The movie was (laughs) all about references. And I was like, bullshit. It was awesome. Every time I was like, this is the best thing ever.
0: What what I liked about, I was thinking about that too, the references. And what I liked about it is that it did feel a little bit organic because if you think back on the 90s for anyone who was old enough to be alive or like aware in the (laughs) 90s, everything was there. Like when she first crash landed to Earth after escaping the scrolls, she crashes into a Blockbuster. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And, and she... Hook like, was on the one of the movies <laughs> behind her. And I was like... Oh. And <laughs> and and um and right next to the Blockbuster was a Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. And that was the 90s. Like, that's just what our world was. And there was a payphone right outside. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I get it. I get that people would feel like, oh, too many references. But it's like, no, that was the world. Like, yeah, that's you what it was. you have to be a
1: part of that world. If you're going to do it, go... All Out. Yeah. And they were so specific to 95 as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no, they did such a good, there was no boy bands, like, because that came around 98. Like, mm-hmm. they did a good job of, we knew what where we were. Yeah. And they referenced it
0: perfectly. It was awesome. Yeah, it was like the grungy scene. music yes. that they used, and the hip hop and uh, stuff. It was she good.
1: put on that outfit, and she had the flannel hanging, I was like, I did <laughs> that. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, oh god, what was I just gonna say? Ah, it just popped into my head. Oh, oh, one of the things that I really liked about this movie and I don't want to really do like a comparison to other female led movies, but what I liked about what they did with this one is that they did something different in that they really cemented the struggle of women against or the struggle of women in a male-driven like society mm-hmm. where she talks about how Um, And I'm guessing she disappears in 1989 because we're like in 1995-ish. It's six years later. Um, She talks about how when she was in the Air Force, women weren't allowed to go into combat. So all they could do was test the the jets and stuff. And I I really liked that. And I was like, whoa, is that true? And so, like, I Googled that. And, yeah, 91 is when they were finally allowed (laughs) to, like, go into combat. And so I really liked that they threw in, like, real life things into this into this story where it was like it didn't feel like me getting punched by facts of feminism but just like here's how it was and this is her experience and like that's how it was it felt like someone wrote a really good story and then
1: they went okay how do we take this because it wasn't like they wrapped the story around the time it felt like they wrote a great story and going now how do we add all these time specific like how do we fit these two worlds together and make them merge just right and they did so beautifully mm-hmm. i thought that was i think that's arguably my favorite part of the whole film was that it felt like a, a little bit of a history lesson on top of everything. yeah else. and i appreciated the value that brought to the film so mm-hmm. much how, how how do other girls think of it <laughs>
0: oh yes. wait uh, only you, two if guys if haven't noticed there were, were two men talking about <laughs> Captain Marvel uh, yeah uh, I did ask some some women to be on let's just be clear all of them were busy for except for one who hated the film apparently and, and she really felt uncomfortable talking about this movie having not liked it and uh, she felt like she would be attacked by all her female friends for yes. it, so she was like I politely declined <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only guy brave enough to have it. Uh-huh. Uh, all guy (laughs) panel but you know what it's okay people on this show know that I am a big fan of women uh, in a different way than Topher is Uh. (laughs) oh my god don't make me do a spit take on your show I almost spit out my water (laughs) yours isn't
1: more pure (laughs) than Topher
0: and respect for women than mine, I think. I wouldn't say pure because I do still uh, admire the female body, but um,
2: <laughs> it's I'm just different. so much about It's
0: right different. Now. It's just a little different. <laughs> um, let's go back to the film. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think I made Richard turn red. Uh
0: right, let's go. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, I guess was uh, something that I wish they would have done a little differently um, was... I wanted to see, she had a best friend that we learned throughout the film, who mm-hmm. is Maria Rambeau, who is another, like, fighter pilot that she um, trained with and stuff, and their best friend, she helps raise her daughter and everything, and um, what we see is kind of Carol's point of view, where I think we're always in Carol's point of view in the film, and she's getting these flashes of memory, so she's aware of Monica, uh, Maria,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um But she doesn't really know the connection. She's like, oh, I know this person. I don't know her. When they finally meet, it's weird Mm -hmm. because she's been missing for six years. Mm -hmm. And Maria's reaction is kind of like, oh, you're back.
1: Yeah, her reaction wasn't as big as I thought it would be. Like, my wife fell to the floor the other day when I made a fart joke. Like, I can't imagine seeing someone who you think has been dead for six years showing up and being like, what the hell? Like, I would be, like, <laughs> on the ground. Like, I'd be, like, stepping backwards. Like, this isn't real. This isn't real. Right. We're having a seizure. Like, what's going on? And she was very... And maybe that's... Uh, she's got military training. Mm-hmm. She's rough around the edges. She's, like, uh, trained to not react. Thinks, maybe that's it. Yeah. I'm reaching. I this mean, is me
0: reaching. I... I get that (laughs) and i get if that was what they're going for but i think for me personally i would have liked a bigger reaction because it and in some ways i think i would have liked to see her reaction to carol being lost because even in the film she says like i we never found your body and i thought you were still alive like she says that but even so like Your best friends missing for six years, no trace whatsoever. The government has covered it up and everything. And like you're finally seeing them, and your reaction is just like, oh, this is weird.
1: Hmm. Odd. I knew you'd show up. Yeah. And so I
0: was just like, I think, I think it would have been maybe we didn't need to have her like crying or or having like a big emotional thing, but I would have liked to see Maria's reaction when she first learned that Carol wasn't there or that Carol was like maybe killed or lost or whatever. I kind of would have liked to have seen that because I really liked Maria as a character.
1: I'm about to step into a world of things to say that I have no <laughs> ability to truly speak on. And so I'm just going to try to be respectful as most, as respectful as I can. Okay. Um, When it comes to some of these things that happen in this movie, I think there's this level of there's so much toxic masculinity out there that when you're making a movie about uh, focused on female characters there's a little bit of if you do things that are more emotional then you run the risk of people being like women and there might have been again speaking out of my own place I can't speak for the writers there might have been a little bit of I'm I want to make sure each of these characters is a little harder around the edges than they necessarily would be Mm. uh, just to be more uh, I don't know the right way to say this PC Uh, just just to make women a little tougher so that they won't be judged by everyone in general Mm -hmm. um because they, like women can do anything men can do. This is a great example of a superhero who can do more than men can do. Mm-hmm. And each of these characters were kind of lifted up as these have to be the toughest of the tough women uh, because of the era they're in and because of what they have to overcome to be these pilots. So there might be that also added level of when writing this, you're like, I'm writing these characters tougher than I necessarily need to be. Not to say that it's not strength when people cry i'm a big crier myself
0: oh so i am believe I. yeah <laughs>
1: oh my god my wife cries way less than i do it is an actual thing <laughs> she is definitely the man in our relationship it is a problem uh, but, um, <laughs> but i think there might have been a twinge of just you you, you the characters ugh, because i think in superhero world people in general respect that more there's my. Okay, a bit of that. so
0: I have a little bit of rebuttal to that. Go I mean, for if, it. If that's what I don't know what I'm talking that was about. <laughs> their, no, 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 no. I think that what you're saying is valid. And if that's what they were thinking, yeah. I understand that. However, Yeah. Captain America and Bucky Barnes, mm-hmm. their relationship is so like Captain America gives up the world for oh, God, Bucky yeah. Barnes. He That's the biggest very, love relationship yes, I've ever seen Marvel in my life.
1: More on. than him and <laughs> what's her face Peggy Carter uh-huh. oh, way yeah. more.
0: Uh but that Captain America is very very emotional when it comes to Bucky. Like mm-hmm. we've seen him be very very emotional and um I wouldn't say that it's like a toxic masculine anything that he's uh uh, uh shown us mm-hmm. um over him but that's why I was like, well you do it with Captain America. Yeah. Like I I would have liked it to be seen here a little bit. Um and I and I get that maybe their concern was that they didn't want for your your typical troll to be like, uh, women. Mm-hmm. I get that, yeah. but at the same time, I'm <laughs> and I'm not making these movies, so you know I can't really like say what would have worked and what would have yeah. wouldn't have. But uh, at the same time, I felt like I would have been like, "Well, fuck you! Like, who cares? Like, yeah. what you think? You, you're a troll, and you're gonna ba- you're gonna see the movie one, no matter. And what. you're gonna bash it, no we matter all what. We do, yeah. Like, no matter what, you're gonna see it and you're gonna bash it.
1: And I think this movie is a really good step in the direction of who gives a shit about what these trolls think, mm-hmm. and we are we're going to continue to make female centric superhero movies because they make great money and they have these great unique characters. And this is just another step in that awesome direction to where there's more movies to compare it to now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just Wonder Woman out there. There's a whole lot more, you know, and I, I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was the going back into the real life experience for women in this film where you see her in multiple stages of her life, like falling down mm-hmm. and then having men yell at her about being like too weak. You even have her father being like, what are you doing out here racing with the boys oh, and gosh, stuff like yeah. that. And and at first I was like, oh, that's a lot. But then I was like, no, that's like literally their experience. Yeah, <laughs> like, I
1: loved that. I especially liked how that all um I don't I hope I'm not jumping too far in your notes here. How that no, no, all go condensed into that awesome moment at the end where Jude Law's character was like, you know what? No powers. Uh-huh. Let's get in a fist fight. And she had her Indiana Jones moment where, you know, the guy's throwing the swords around and Indiana just shoots him. Uh-huh. Like that same moment where you're like, I don't, I'm, I don't owe you shit. Yeah. I never owed any of those asshole shit. And I always get back up. And I, that moment happened and I kind of teared up a little bit because it was supposed to be funny, but I was just like, thank you. Because if they got in a fight-
0: I would have been pissed. It was perfect. And the thing that I enjoyed it about is that in other movies you do see that happen where yeah. they're like we're going to throw down the weapons. We're mm-hmm. going to just fight this mano a mano which is stupid and, as hell. And and it's dumb because then you have the other character being like, "Okay." And I mean, then they
1: fight. That's uh what what that happens in um what's that movie? Uh a Lethal Weapon. That's like the main mm-hmm. thing at the end of Lethal Weapon like all the cops are surrounding the bad guy and they have this ridiculous fight with uh, (laughs) Mel Gibson and the, and the villain where they're fighting in the mud and the police officers are like, we're not going to arrest him. We're just going to allow this crazy (laughs) karate fist fight to happen in the middle of the freaking front yard of this dude's house. It is, so dumb <laughs> and it's toxic masculinity uh-huh. at its
0: finest yeah and they didn't do that i was so happy that they so like they set it up for that they were like they let's give this typical scene mm-hmm. and let's have carol be like fuck you i don't owe you anything oh, like okay. and it, and it was to me like an example of like literally everyday things where a man is asking a woman to lower her level yes to meet his his like, to, to match him, yeah. basically. And it's like, no. And she's like, doesn't like he doesn't have deserves to do that. that. He
1: doesn't deserve it. Jump like- out of a moving car, dude.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> uh, oh, so great. And her look on her face, where she's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And just drags him by his feet uh-huh. to the ship.
0: Oh, uh, so good. Oh,
1: and then that line where, um, which by the way, that did not look like Lee Pace. Uh, Ronan? It did
0: not look like Lee Pace. I was like,
1: oh my God, they replaced <laughs> Lee Pace. And the credits came up and they're like,
0: Lee Pace. And I was like, bullshit. They didn't look like him. One of the things that I thought they were doing, because it did not look like him. I mean, we had like a little holograph version, hologram version of him. And I was like, maybe that's him. Fine, whatever. But then when they showed the two men, the two like Ronan looking men standing there, I was like, What? Who, where is he? Where? When are we gonna get him? And I, I thought, thought they were gonna crazy. do like a like a legacy character type of that's thing. That's what I thought. Oh, maybe one of them dies, and then the next one in line is Lee Pace, and we'll see him come in As and Roman. be like, "I'm gonna get revenge" or whatever. And then yeah. that's Roman. No, no, it was just <laughs>
1: that's Lee Pace's character, and we're like, "What the hell happened to Lee Pace? That's not Lee Pace. Did he
0: get plastic <laughs> surgery? Like, what's going on right like now? He, like, and, and okay, it's a like two decades earlier than we originally saw, or than when we saw him in the Guardians movie, but he didn't have like his face makeup on or anything. It was weird.
1: It was very weird. But I love the line where he was like, we're coming back for the weapon. He was like, oh, the Tesseract. He was like, no, No. the woman. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was so great. I'm in the theater like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I love that so much, but it just, it filled my heart with so much joy. I just, I don't know. I love strong women. That's the thing Megan and I were talking about last night in detail. Like I always dated, and I married a strong woman, and all of my friends that are females are super, super strong mm. women. And so much so that I get in like arguments with them, but I think it like enriches my life so much. And it's so cool to see a movie with such an in-depth character that's so like. Carol was awesome. Mm-hmm. She was funny. Mm-hmm. She was strong. Brie Larson
0: is so charming.
1: I had this <laughs> problem <laughs> where I will be I'll be like oh. Brie Larson, she's kind of pretty. She's all right. She's not really my thing. And then I go in to watch the movie, and then she's like Captain Marvel. I'm like, oh, my God, she's so sexy. (laughs) Like, I am so attracted to strong women. I did the same thing with The Crown. I didn't think The Queen was very attractive. (laughs) And then she stepped into her, like, powerful mode, and I was like, oh, my God, she's so sexy. I I
0: did not expect you to say The Crown. I know. It's just... I, thought you were be women like, I are saw Wonder Woman, the I'm like, sexiest uh-huh. women. Yeah, Wonder
1: Woman. I never liked Gal Gadot. I saw Wonder Woman, and now she's in my top five for sure.
0: And and you know what? And and again, I'm just like Topher and that I love women, but in a so so different way. But uh, you know, growing up a gay kid and not having a gay role model, strong women were my role models, um. and and so. I'm the same way. I love, love, love seeing a strong woman. Yeah, uh, and it's just like the most attractive thing to me is and she was is a strong, funny.
1: Yeah, she was so funny, and I just like the second she started making jokes in the beginning with Jude Law, I was like, "This is the best, the most wonderful woman
0: on the planet." Like, I was immediately <laughs>
1: like. Be still, my beating heart. Where have you been? Like, oh my God,
0: <laughs> she's amazing. Um, we touched it. We're going back and forth a lot. Just, it's okay, you guys. I'm uh, so sorry. We touched you're, a little you're talking bit. to a super ADHD no, person. No, this no, no, it's fine. Because <laughs> I'm not even going back to like the beginning or anything. You, we, we touched a little bit on the Tesseract. And I want to get your interpretation of what happened. Because... In the film, uh, Annette Bening's character is a scientist. It's revealed that she's Marvel, mm-hmm. which I was very excited for. I thought, "Oh, cool!" Um, but anyway, uh, it's revealed that she's Marvel and she's mm-hmm. been on Earth and she's trying to create a, a light speed or light warp. What about uh,
1: just something that flies in light speed? Yes, yeah.
0: something that flies in light speed. She's trying to invent this thing, and then we discover later that she's been holding the tesseract in a ship, mm-hmm. and it was confusing to me because it sounded like she invented this way mm-hmm. and then we find out that it's the tesseract and so i was like wait a minute are, is, are they implying that she created the tesseract like did she find the space stone and then like created the shell around it and that's what the tesseract is did she create the space stone? like what i what
1: it was definitely <laughs> convoluted uh, there there were moments in the film that uh, or super convoluted, like things like we were talking about earlier, how she was saying that she she shot her beam, and she's like, that's how you know I'm Cree." Mm-hmm. and then you find out later for sure none of the other Cree can do that. So there are inconsistencies in things that were done that were used to push the plot along, <clears throat> um, and I think this was one of them. Um, the Tesseract, I don't think she was saying she created the shell because Captain America had that Tesseract, and it was dropped into...
0: Oh, The right, right, ocean right.
1: with him. You're right. The i the moment happened where uh, Howard Stark found the Tesseract, but didn't find Captain America at the end of um, I think First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to assume it was handed from government agency to government agency, and then she had the most promising tech mm-hmm. that was coming around, and she used that technology to power her uh, her dis- engine to make this light speed device.
0: And this is why I need a real nerd on the show when I have questions like this, because I completely <laughs> forgot that in the 20s or the 40s or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Captain America was dealing with the Tesseract.
1: There were so <laughs> many moments where I was like, oh, wait, I have to really think about this. Because my friend, as we were watching leaving the movie, he was like, oh, you really didn't need to see another movie to enjoy this. And I was like, yeah, but if you saw both Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy there's a lot more depth to this film yeah. because you know Ronan you know I can't remember the character's name uh the uh, oh, the black digimon Free, whatever his I don't name. know yeah, yeah. how to pronounce his name I don't but it's either.
0: Digimon I'm
1: just saying uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Digimon he's a digital monster uh-huh. um, but like you recognize those characters and you you're like oh I know where you're going to end up which mm-hmm. is really fun to yeah. know like, cuz you're going to die later <laughs> 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 that's kind of cool Um, But yeah, I don't think this actually caused a little bit of controversy in my brain because Carol is seen as the person who's going to be able to take on Thanos. That's why we're bringing her into the thing. She's the only character we didn't have. They did a good job of explaining why she wasn't there Mm -hmm. when everything went down. Uh, Obviously... uh, Fury really shouldn't have trusted the Avengers as much much as he did. Should have pushed that button sooner.
0: Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Well, my boyfriend was asking me about it, too. He was like, what I don't like is that it doesn't make sense that he waited. Why did he wait to call Captain America? And I was like, well, for one... All this stuff was happening around the world, and I don't know that he necessarily knew exactly what was happening because you had all the heroes fighting in their different areas, Yeah, and he was, like, in New York, you know, with Maria, and Shield is down. I know he has his ways, but, like, I don't think that he knew exactly what the situation was. I think he probably knew that it was extremely dire.
1: Yes. But I would imagine... I mean, at this point, the Avengers have pulled this off twice. I would think, I mean, you have Iron Man, Steve Rogers, you have these people in play, including the Hulk. He doesn't for sure know that the Hulk isn't the Hulk right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are people that he knows can virtually defeat anyone. Uh, I would imagine I would have had that kind of confidence too. Yeah, So I'm with you. Yeah, I think I think you can explain that relatively well. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit in the back of your mind going, "You should, you should have been like, <laughs> you know what? Just in case this does seem like a bigger deal, but yeah, 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 yeah. I would have believed in. I mean, you say Tony Stark can do something, I would have believed anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like that character is one of the few characters that can literally figure out a way out of almost anything. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, so that's what right. I was like, oh, easily yeah. explained, yeah. Adam, let me explain you. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, Were you mansplaining to Adam? <laughs> I, was, I was mansplaining to him, and, and he still didn't accept it, but I think he got it. <laughs> I think it was like, his brain is always so like, but there was an easy fix. You already yes. knew Captain Marvel. Why didn't you just call her from the beginning? And I'm like, There's no, she's like the last resort. She's so movies. OP, she's the last resort. If you have that
1: argument, then you literally have to go to every superhero movie that's a standalone movie and go, well, why didn't you call God, the rest uh-huh. of the Avengers? <laughs> Anything with Ant-Man, you could just be like, call Tony Stark and uh-huh. he'll take care of all of exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man.
0: Um, what, let, me, let me look at my
1: notes. Oh, I, I wanted to finish this thought. Uh, uh-huh, this, uh-huh. this is perfect. Um, the thing that I'm concerned about is if this engine was powered by the Tesseract, Yeah. So the Tesseract put all of this energy to the engine. She shoots the engine. All of that energy from that explosion goes into her making making her Captain Marvel or Marvel however you want to play that game. Um that still that will make her more, uh like definitely she's a f- like extremely formidable in this movie. Like beyond anything we've ever seen formidable. But the question is if Thanos has all of the stones, what is the Half of the power of one of those stones really gonna do to stand up against him.
0: Well, I don't think that
1: the does that make sense? And you,
0: yeah, 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 I completely get it. Um, I guess I would ask, was the engine created out of the tesseract? That's the question. If it's
1: not, if she's just like this, because I think we're gonna have to say that it wasn't somehow, uh-huh. because if it was, then that makes her weaker as a character. If this is somehow magic juju that we're unaware of yet <laughs> that this scientist has somehow come up with the most powerful thing in the universe and that power is transferred into Carol, then we can explain how she's powerful enough to go head to head with Well,
0: Thanos. I figured it was a mix of primitive Earth technology and Kree technology. I I okay. figured that Marvel like just used her knowledge yeah. and what she had available to her created this engine. Mm-hmm. When it exploded, it gave uh, Carol powers and it didn't give young boy. I don't remember his name. We'll just say Jude Law. Jan, Jan, some. Yeah. Jude Law. It didn't name. give Jude Law any powers because he yeah. was in the vicinity of the explosion and nothing yeah, happened to him. He was further away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she absorbed it all. Uh, so I'm just assuming that it was like her human biology yeah. that was able to take this kree energy or mm-hmm. some of this kree tech and mm-hmm. absorb it into her because i think in the in the comics it is kind of that way not like that situation but it's like kree blood or kree something that gives her her powers yeah
1: it's it's the the abilities that captain marvel like in the comics the kree have more powers than they did in the movie uh-huh. uh and the power from captain marvel uh, or not Captain Marvel from Marvel was transferred into Carol because of a uh, what did what did they what did they call it uh, basically like a dream machine kind of sort of there was like this machine that could make something you wished happen happen oh. and Carol always wanted to be more powerful so as Marvel was dying and this machine was going off it transferred the abilities from Marvel mm. to Carol in the comics so the Kree was much more powerful in the comics than they are, I think, in the movie. Because you, we wanted to make Carol ten times more than everyone right. else here. Uh, and so, yeah, I think they, they slightly changed that story. Definitely when it comes to Korean and Scroll in general, they vastly changed that storyline. So they're definitely taking some liberties with the original comic, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They always do. Um- <laughs> yeah.
1: But it but, has to have something to do with the tesseract because it's blue energy. <laughs> like they're both blue, so maybe you're but right. The Kree are blue. Yeah, that's true. But maybe maybe Marvel found a way to amplify the powers of the tesseract.
0: Yeah, and put that into. Maybe this I don't think. I mean, uh, I don't. I'm not saying you're wrong, but <laughs> I, I am saying I don't think that her powers were from the tesseract. From the tesseract. Okay, I mean, especially because. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver got their powers from the Tesseract. They did. So and imagine if Captain Marvel lower. also got her powers from the Tesseract. And I mean, everyone like, should really just get powers <laughs> from the Tesseract. Everyone needs to I just mean, totally get powers let's, from the Tesseract.
1: Let's just talk about the fact that if Tony had vo- Vibranium, how much more powerful would the Iron Man suit be? Right. Like, let's have that conversation. Thanos <laughs> would be ashtray dust right now. Give him a little bit of that and Tesseract power, and we're done. <laughs> like, we don't need anything else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, uh, one of the things I did want to talk about was Carol's power. Because when I came out of the movie, I was like, oh, she was so OP. I almost yeah. wish that she had someone stronger to fight. But then at the same time, I was like, she took out a whole fucking fleet of, she like, did. <laughs> of, of spaceships. And like, I am actually okay with what she did. Yeah. And like, I'm satisfied with what she did. Um, I am curious, though, because she is very powerful. But I don't think that she's powerful enough to take on Thanos alone.
1: Yeah, I think they're still going to have to do a team thing with that. I didn't love, speaking of her power, there, like speaking of like certain moments that they manipulated her abilities based on how they needed to push the plot along, there was a moment where she was protecting <clears throat> the... Um, uh, the cat and Fury and all of the scroll were trying to get out of the ship. Uh-huh. And she was fighting all of those guys at once. She was fighting all of the Kree and tricking them. She was handling them with no issues. And it was awesome. And then the second that, <clears throat> we're just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep calling him Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Law was like, I know it's not in there. I'm gonna go chase after them. Two of them were able to keep her held back right. while he chased them down. That made no sense to me. She could take out a whole room of people, defeat an entire fleet of people, and do law, and suddenly two of them were able to be. Able, I was. I like, would
0: say it's explainable in the way that it seemed like she was using her photons mm-hmm. to take out people mostly. Yes, and they were holding her down, so she couldn't really aim her photons at them. Because she did use them eventually to get them off of her, yeah. right? Where she like just blasted them to the Basically. ground and they, like flew off. And of then her there or was something. that spinning thing, and she was punching them off the spinning. Yeah, thing and using so it. so yeah. I would say like they probably just like kept her from using her hands. That was how they justified <laughs> that scene.
1: What they needed is for her to have to stay in that room so that he could go and chase everyone else down. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went, "How can we make?" that happen and justify it because we need that to push the story along and I was kind of like oh come on you can do better than this (laughs) (laughs) make the other person more powerful make something happen that traps her hands for a minute like give me a reason to believe suddenly she's like disabled in some ways that gives jude law enough time to be like i'm tracking it out of here (laughs) i don't know that was one small place that i was like come on i see what you're Um, doing i don't know if you
0: noticed this and i just learned this about brie larson but in the film she doesn't really interact with goose a lot the cat yeah she doesn't very Uh, well apparently she's like very allergic to cats
1: (gasps) that was terrible casting (laughs) that character is nothing but that freaking cat
0: and so, uh, yeah, so apparently she's just, like, really allergic to cats. And and I learned that before seeing the film. So I was like, oh, I wonder how they handled it. And, yeah, she, like, almost never handles the yeah, cat. Yeah,
1: the cats on top of the thing, they give it to Nick Fury the whole time. She just references the cat, uh-huh. multiple things. <laughs> I kept laughing in that movie. I loved that cat so much. That cat was so That adorable. cat deserves an Oscar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if that cat doesn't, uh, burn everything down. Um... But they had that. They kept being like, "This cat's the most dangerous." This cat's the most dangerous. And Fury's like, "That thing is broken." <laughs> and then when he consumed the tesseract, I could not have laughed harder at that moment. <laughs> it was such a funny, great break. The end credit scene. Oh
0: with my the cat. god! Oh. <laughs>
1: it was so funny, but also so gross at the same it was time. So I funny. have a cat, and I'm like, "Oh, I hate that sound." Anywhere yeah. in my house where I hear that sound,
0: I'm like. <laughs> Bleh. <laughs> oh god the cat's puking somewhere and I'm gonna have to pick up a hairball if you ball. don't know what we're talking about <laughs> At the, the last end credit scene is Goose jumping on Fury's desk and like looking like he's gonna cough up a hairball but instead coughs up the, the Tesseract which I thought was hilarious because he was just like convulsing like a cat does all the time. It was so funny. They always
1: have the in-credit scene that's like serious that plays into the series, uh-huh. and they always have the second one that's Jeff Goldblum being like, "Hey, why don't we all be friends?" <laughs> uh, and I was so excited about that second cut scene because I was like, "What weird thing are they gonna uh-huh. do?" Here? And it was the cat kind of coming up a tesseract, and that was just so beautiful.
0: How did you feel about uh, the the reveal of how Fury got his fucked up eye? <laughs>
1: that was awesome, especially when uh, Coulson came and was like, you got tortured by the Cree, and that's how you lost your." <laughs> eyes, he's like, I will neither confirm nor deny that information. I died. That was so great, because it was such a great way to find out how his eye was gone. Because and it wasn't overly Because everyone thinks brutal. it was like a crazy mission. Yeah. And it was just a cat. It was just the cat. Scratching his face. <laughs> so great. It was so funny. Everything about that was perfect. Uh, By the way, Coulson,
0: I was going to ask you about that next. So
1: happy he was in this film. Wanted him ten times more.
0: I I wouldn't say ten times more. I would say maybe three times more. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was weird that they had him in it for, like, what? A total of, like, maybe five to ten minutes?
1: Ten minutes, I think, tops. Because you had him in that scene in the beginning where they're at the blockbuster and there's the clone. He says, oh, I'm going to let you guys go. Then he disappears until the very end when he's like, this is how I heard your eye went away. I wanted him in that. I mean, he was such a big part of Avengers mm-hmm. and such a have such a big relationship with Tony Stark and all those other old movies. I wanted that version of Coulson back, that that younger deconstructed version of him, and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. It was such a bummer. Like I get they justified it really well because he he's a rookie. He's just joined Shield. Of course he wouldn't be around as much. He's the new guy. Mm-hmm. still. I wanted more Coulson. Everything about Coulson in the old movies, I loved, and when he died, I I was so sad. And I am a big fan of Agents of Shield, so
0: you know. Did he die in Agents of Shield again?
1: Um, I don't remember at the very end of the last season. I'm not sure if I'm fully caught up. I think I'm fully caught up, and if I am, he was dying at mm, the end of the okay. last season. Again, I'm ruining Agents of Shield for you guys now too. Uh, yeah, I
0: thought I thought that's what I heard. I stopped watching it. During the ghost Rider stuff. Oh, you didn't like the ghost Rider stuff. Uh, it's not that I didn't like it I think there was just like so much TV and there still so is so much TV mm-hmm. um, that It was just Gotham something that, that Yeah, I only liked season one of Gotham. I didn't really like any of it But I just kept coming kind off of <laughs> it I am that way with superhero shows,
1: but we've now saturated it. the market. Oh my god. There's That's so how
0: much. I am with Arrow because oh, I I, I don't like Arrow. It's, it's been annoying for, sure. for about three seasons for me. Yeah. Um. Especially Ricardo Diaz. Yeah. I hate Ricardo Diaz. It got a little worse, but then it got a little better. Why? Why? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: He's so powerful. Yeah. Why? Of all of the villains, we fought <laughs> freaking uh, Raish al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Less powerful than Ricardo Diaz. That bugs me a little. We've had such epic villains. It was so weird to be like, this is just a normal bad guy that's like... I mean, he's... I still think he was better than... um... Who was the villain? Dark. Uh, Oh, Damien Dark. Damien Dark, who I was... Thoroughly not
0: a big fan of. I feel like Damien Dark was better than Ricardo do Diaz. Do you? I, I feel do. like in, in
1: <laughs> Damien Dark never made me scared. Whereas Ricardo Diaz is at least a scary character. He doesn't
0: scare me. He annoys Kinda me. Kind of
1: remind me of Philip Seymour Hoffman in that third uh, Mission Impossible movie. Where he's just oh, like this see that one. cold character. Have you watched a movie outside? I've like, <laughs> <laughs> asked you about a million movies. I don't think you've seen a single movie I've uh... referenced. <laughs> I've seen
0: the sweetest thing starring uh, <laughs> Cameron Diaz. You,
1: there, uh, there, Philip Seymour Hoffman argu- arguably is the scariest villain I've seen in a movie because in Mission Impossible Three, Tom Cruise is like, I'm like, you need to give me information, blah 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 blah. He's like hanging the guy upside down from a plane, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman just comes back up, no look on his face, <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill your family. I'm gonna kill that pretty little girlfriend you like. She's dead now. And it was so scary <laughs> that you were like, I would be like, at that moment, if I were Tom Cruise, I'd go, Oh my God, sir, I'm so so sorry. Please don't do that. Can I work for you? Whatever you need. Please don't do that. Like I got so scared. And like Ricardo Diaz isn't that, but he at least has that cold collectness to it. Whereas I felt like Damian Dark was a little bit like To
0: me, he's mm-hmm. a child. Uh who oh, he's temper tantrums. is hard who hasn't grown up and is still holding on to everything wrong that went in his life and yeah. like I get that uh, but he it d- it's not effective to me I think that mm. they could have done it better but because he's so impulsive yeah. in his anger mm-hmm. to me it's just not appealing Yeah, and and I don't like that he has so much sorry that we went I'm just going to finish this just just keep going. I, I don't like that he worked his way into power, yeah, and uh, he lost all that power, all this influence over mm-hmm. all these people, the police, the you mm-hmm. know, uh, the longbow arrow, whatever they're called. Basically, Wilson. Like, Fisk. yeah, he has all this influence, yet he has nothing. So I'm just like, yeah. I get annoyed by that. Uh, but we'll go back to Captain Marvel. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I
1: I totally understand what you mean. I've always, with that show, been a little bummed since they killed off. Ra's al Ghul like you go to the ultimate ultimate villain and then kill him off and then you're like okay they're the league of extraordinary gentlemen the extraordinary gentlemen oh my god <laughs> the league of assassins <laughs> is gone now so uh-huh. like I'm not as interested anymore like that is one of m- my favorite villains and so yeah anything after that I'm going to be a little bit like Aww. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not as in love with him, too. This season's definitely better because it's not it's not him. So yeah. I think you'll like it more if you go back.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm caught up, up to the Elseworlds crossover. I haven't watched the crossover yet. Oh, the crossover is but good. But I was pissed because the last episode I watched, we were led to believe, and I didn't believe it, but we mm-hmm. were led to believe that Ricardo Diaz died, mm-hmm. that Oliver killed him, and mm-hmm. you don't see him die. So that's why I was like, mm, he's not dead. No. But then at the very end of the next episode, they brought him back, and I was like, Fuck this show.
1: (laughs) Fuck this show. No one dies on this show except Moira Queen. (laughs) She is out, but no one else is. That made me cry. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I did too. I actually (laughs) cried. That writing on that episode was great. It
0: was an emotional scene. It was so... uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. Back to Captain Marvel. Anyways, Captain Marvel, not Uh, era. We'll have a next episode. Just be recap on Arrow.
0: We'll wrap up on this one soon, but I did want to get your opinion on... There was a lot of moments in the show, or sorry, in the movie that uh, was like, hey, remember this thing that you know? Mm -hmm. This is how it started. Uh, There was one thing, and I can't remember the line, but when Brie first, or sorry, Carol first meets Fury, uh, he asks her something, and she responds in a way that he always responds, and I can't think of what the line is now, but he usually uses this line to people. It's something like, who are you, or like, where are you from or something? And she said something along the lines of like, that's classified information. so I forgot what it was, but it's something we've heard Fury say over and over again. And I laughed because I was like, ah, that's the origins. Like he took that line from her.
1: God, I I'm wish I am not going to remember what the line
0: is, but. It but, makes me sad that um, I don't there remember. There was a lot of that in the movie where it's like, oh, we now understand where this thing came from. Oh, I love that. Um, it was good. I liked it. Uh, one in particular, which I was a little iffy on, but then I came around to it was, him coming up with a name for the Avengers, where he <laughs> where we see him typing on this old ass computer. Oh Jesus my god! Nachos, Every right time right. they were on the computers, it was hilarious. Oh god, but yeah. We see him typing up his Avengers project or initiative or whatever, and it's originally called the Protector Initiative. Yeah, and uh and then he looks at a picture of Carol in her in her jet, and it says Captain Carol Avenger yeah. Danvers, and so he's like, "Oh, let's make it the Avengers." How mm-hmm. did you feel about that?
1: Uh, from a writing standpoint, it's good because it shows how big of an influence Carol has in that world. Mm-hmm. So when she's inserted into Endgame, it's not as awkward. She's played such a... Like, it's a good fit into... Like, she's the per- so powerful. We've seen her be so powerful. And then she's such a big influence that she's where the name Avengers came from. From a viewer point, it's cheesy. It's so <laughs> cheesy. And I, I saw that. And that's how the movie ends. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, come on, son. Like, it's it's fine. I'm not, like, I'm not hating on it. But, uh-huh. like, we could have found a better way to do that, I feel like. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: that's how I felt initially. Yeah. Where I was just like, mm. It's just cheesy. <laughs> but all of these things, there's
1: a certain amount of... Uh, willful turning off your brain when it comes to any superhero movie we know people can't fly So we're like, oh, this is just fun and funsy. And that's why we watch the standalone movies and don't go, why didn't you just call the Avengers, you dumbass? Um, (laughs) But with this, it's one of those things, too, that I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit willing to turn off my brain for a second. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same reason I was also willing to watch the most recent episode of The Flash where Gorilla Grodd fought King Shark. (laughs) Like, you're like, okay, this is really silly. I'm just going to turn off my brain. Which, by the way,
0: King Shark is going to be in the next Suicide Squad.
1: Really, yep. I hope they do. I hope that character is terrifying. I really do. I hope it's nothing like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Killer Croc. Killer Croc. <laughs> Such a disappointment to me. I uh, hope he's nothing like that. <laughs> God, that was so. He just looked stupid. Like he didn't look scary in the Gotham movie. Uh, Gotham Arkham games. He's terrifying. Oh, he's, he's got, huge. He's and... huge and super terrifying. Whereas in that movie, you're just like. I just feel like you could be like I could be like no and just walk away. I don't know. Something about him I didn't like.
0: Uh okay. Favorite things about the movie. Uh my one of my favorite things was Maria Rambeau uh doing her fighter jet thing when Mm. um I forget the character's name, but Gemma Chan's character is chasing them and she's shooting at them and everything and Maria's evading all the shots and she like pulls a trick over and like kills uh Gemma Chan so good I was so excited for that I I loved watching her do that because I really liked her character
1: yeah I did too I thought she was a very she was a good opposite to Carol Carol is funny Carol is you know she's like this I'm struggling in perfect person. Whereas this character felt very, uh, she's got her stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got her life together. She has a daughter. She's just this tough woman who knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed watching her kick ass mm-hmm. because she's a normal human. There's no powers, nothing. Yeah. Um, favorite part of the movie for me. There's a couple different parts that I love more than anything. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the... I can't remember if we talked about this before or uh, on the podcast, so if I'm repeating myself (laughs) a little bit because I know we talked a second when we started. Uh, It was awesome to see her at that end part where she was fighting Jude Law. And um, he was like, let's put our dukes up. And then he just shot shot him. And that was the end of it. I thought that was amazing. That was wonderful. Um, I enjoyed... um, Actually, I was surprised how much I really enjoyed the beginning of the movie when she was just in the Cree homeworld, which is called, what, Hala, I think? Um, And it was just her in that world fighting. And it was cool to see, like, this is what a good Green Lantern movie would be. (laughs) Uh, Just the graphics were great. The characters were unique. Seeing them train in this world, the AI was very well done. That uh, the fact that the AI shows you whoever it is you admire most mm-hmm. was super cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um what are things I liked? Um and pretty much everything except Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you did voice
0: to me before the show that you did not like Jude Law. I love Jude
1: Law in general. Mm-hmm. Jude Law in the Sherlock Holmes movies is arguably my favorite character, even over Sherlock Holmes. He is just awesome. <laughs> In this movie, <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily think this was Jew Law's fault, or it, it might have been. This might have been a character choice he made. I don't know if it was him or the writing. We have this weird moment where we go against what the comic books say, and we're like, the scrolls are actually the uh, victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've been scattered throughout the universe. They just want a home. Like, we have all of this awesome. Like, I'm so glad they they made that decision, but didn't reveal it till later in the movie so that we could see all the awesome fighting against scrolls earlier, because that was. Amazing. When she punches that grandma in the train, I'm laughing my butt off. That oh my god, was,
0: that grandma doing flips and twirls and uh that might be the favorite part of the movie. It's so good. Oh my god, that was wonderful. And the people stopping her too, yes. like being like, What are you doing? You're hitting this grandma.
1: <laughs> Even after they saw her do like a kick flip through the air, they're still like, I gotta protect the grandma. I love people. People are ridiculous. <laughs> they were like, Let's not look too deep into this, let's just protect the grandma. Um But Jude Law's character was very... uh, He was very likable. And he was likable in the beginning. He was likable when he was manipulating Carol. He was... When he had that moment in the beginning where he was against Carol and he's the one who created this bad moment for her, I still liked him. (laughs) Like, when we had the moment when, you know, he realizes that she's whatever and he's going after her, at no point was there a... I'm a dick moment for him. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't feel like there was that twist where he is really dark and really scary and I've been manipulating you the whole time. He even at one point says something to the line of, I used to think you were funny or something like that. Uh And you're like, or for me, I wanted him to be like, I've been manipulating you this whole time. The only reason I've been training you is to keep you under my, you know, in my pocket. Mm -hmm. The... I'm the real bad guy. I don't care about these people to have his moment where he's like really evil. At no point did he seem scary and or evil to me at all. Mm. Um, Yeah. That's our big villain. That was, I was actually in love with the movie till we found out the scrolls were the bad guy and Jude Law, I mean the good guys and Jude Law was the bad guy because Jude Law to me wasn't a good bad guy. Like we, basically I felt like we ended the movie and there were no villains. Mm. And I was like, I needed that conflict. I needed her to love this guy and to see who he truly was and to have that moment of, I trusted you and him be like, him be like, that's because you're stupid. And you're weak. <laughs> and I knew you were weak. You I know what think, I mean?
0: I think that might have been an excuse. The term I'm going to use. Okay. A fault of the movie. Okay. Was Carol's connection to the characters other than Fury. Yeah, because I felt like we had an understanding of what her relationship was, but we didn't really feel what the relationship was with Maria Rambeau. uh, And I understand why, because she doesn't have these memories. But with Maria Rambeau, she's her best friend and everything. And she's still like, even when they're like having uh, good moments with each other and they're bonding and stuff, I still felt like this apprehension from her Mm -hmm. and Now that I'm saying it, I'm like, duh, because she didn't have her memories. (laughs) 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 This is why podcasts are the best. They, like, reveal things about yourself. Uh, But, but, like, you're saying with Jude Law, like, she's been training with him for six years. She's known him for this long. And it makes me feel like she never had that trust in him. Or that she never... Maybe even liked him or whatever, because in the beginning of the film, you do see her very friendly with him, very making friendly. jokes with him. It almost seems like she cares for him. She almost seems um, like she's crushing on him. There's like a moment where she's in the train and
1: she's like, "You see me, don't you?" <laughs> like that was very flirty. She was so flirty with him, and I was like, in the beginning, I was kind of like, "Okay, well, I'm kind of on board with her flirting with
0: Jude Law. That's fine." Mm.
1: Like there, I, I guess I of-
0: didn't really take that as flirty, but I could see how it is. Yeah. Um. I mean, if if if. If you said, oh, "Oh,
1: in my dreams, I know, your dreams, I know I'm always the center of attention, I'd be like, you are flirting
0: with me, sir. There is no world in which I I wish I just felt like she was just, like, teasing him. I guess it's flirting.
1: I don't know. I guess it's flirting. Are either of us good at flirting? Probably not.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're learning stuff about it. Excuse you. Uh,
1: You you, you
0: haven't been on the receiving end uh, (laughs) of my flirting. No, uh. But yeah, I think I do agree with you where I wish we would have seen her feel more betrayed or yeah. or something where she more of a reaction than what she gave. And I think that was my issue with, with, with the whole Maria thing. The reaction to seeing yeah. Carol alive was just so like, oh, oh okay, you're here. Cool. yeah that's weird let's talk about it like it was just yeah. like so there was like a detachment of of reaction and and it's the same with with him and her yeah um
1: yeah i think it, going from a movie like uh black panther which is a very recent movie marvel we movie, just mm-hmm. watched just talking about i mean if i had to come with a critique for this movie it one of the things is i didn't think the acting was fantastic black panther was mind-numbingly fantastic they had
0: fucking every a-list, every a-list actor
1: <laughs> in it like every single character was so god so perfect the dad uh, every moment that the dad from this is uh or you know what i'm talking about like uh-huh. he was in the movie you're like
2: Ugh, my god i didn't
1: get it <laughs> you understood why michael b jordan's character was so effed up and you were like i i get why you're doing this i wouldn't uh-huh but i get it mm-hmm. um and it was just so well acted where it, I mean, I felt like it definitely deserved that nod for an Oscar because of how great the caliber of acting was in that film. Uh, whereas this one, you have Brie Larson, who is literally an account Academy Award winner, mm-hmm. winning actress, unless I'm having a seizure. And no, she is. Win. Okay, she won
0: Room.
1: I thought so. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes say things and then Megan's like, what? <laughs> um, and I felt like we could have had, I mean, Jude Law is amazing, like. The acting could have been phenomenal so it might have been the writing i don't know but like the acting wasn't as good in this film Mm. i don't know that's just my opinion
0: yeah yeah but you know what overall we enjoyed the film i loved the film Mm -hmm.
1: i I, i'm a hard person (laughs) when it comes to superhero movies because I'm that asshole who likes all of them. Uh Um, And so you, like, Megan always like, I take your opinion with a grain of salt. Uh, (laughs) uh, There's only a few that I'm like, that was horseshit garbage. But even still, I'll rewatch them. Like, for instance, the Fantastic Four movie.
0: I haven't seen that
1: one. Oh my God. If you want to come over, I have it on 4K. We'll watch it. (laughs) It's so bad. But again, you can see how I own it and I have watched it again because (laughs) I love superhero films. Um, Uh So I... I really enjoyed it. Like I I it wasn't my favorite by far, but I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a really fun movie. The story was super like super consistent, super like Marvel knows how to make a good movie yeah. and they made another good movie.
0: Yeah, and I'll and I'll and I'll say the same. I didn't like I told you, and I've been vocal with many people, <laughs> I didn't love the movie, but I mm-hmm. did really enjoy it. I did like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it is as I've said earlier, very important for this film to have been made the way it was, uh, tell the story that it told about the 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 female experience and how much harder they have to fight. And overcome, um, or that they can overcome, that they do overcome. And I really appreciated being able to see her journey yeah. uh, with all her flashbacks of men just keep telling her, no, you can't, you need to stop, stop. Her falling down, always getting right back up. It was great. Um, I mean, I've known this fact about women you know, <laughs> my whole life. So I didn't need someone to tell me, but it's great that they're finally doing it. Yes. Um. So I'm very happy that this film was made. I do want to talk just one more last thing, which is the mid credit scene. Um, yes, how she
1: plays into the universe.
0: The thing that I loved was just her very last line, where uh, Where's Fury? the scene plays out where the the beeper goes off, like it turns off, and everyone, the Avengers are like, what's happening? Why did this turn off? They're trying to figure it out. Scarlett Johansson turns around, and there's Brie Larson, oh, so or Carol Danvers, and she's looking like pissed, worried, concerned, and, she, and her older. line is just, what, yeah, she looks older, Long her hair. hair is longer, yeah, and yeah. she's just like, where's Fury? And that's where it ends. And it's just like, oh,
1: oh. Did you get chills, all of <laughs> body? Because I just went, yes. like, in the movie. Yes. Oh, my
0: God. That was so effective. Yes, so it was. So effective. And I think it's an effective in the way that like, I wouldn't, I don't think you can ask this of any other franchise, but you have to watch every single one of these movies.
1: You do. There's <laughs> very few franchises ever that you're like, these all just, they're so great, you have to watch all, there's none of them that I'm like, this isn't worth watching. Uh, and this is, it may, they for 10 years now have been building up this amazing, unique, crazy world for us. And this is everything i wanted it to be i'm going to get um, like moved here and start crying <laughs> it is carol danvers is awesome we have this awesome female superhero who's going to come in and really make a dent in thanos's ass mm-hmm. and i am i was excited before i'm 10 times more excited now to see how she plays in that world they they did such a good job of being like hey we know this character has never been even hinted at ever Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem like she could be anything, any way, a part of what they're doing. They made through this movie be like, oh no, no, she is quintessential to this universe. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they did it so every part of it was like, a, here's how she's the linchpin that puts that holds everything together, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so good oh my god yeah, I'm so excited. it is like learning who your parents are yes. <laughs> or something it's we like need to learning. talk about this and after Endgame game and be like oh
0: yeah yeah for yeah. sure um we didn't talk about it but i'll just briefly mention that i'm excited to see uh monica rambeau grown monica rambeau uh ah. the daughter. And this is nineteen ninety five. She was already born in eighty-nine and she was like probably like two or three years old. I feel like by this time we're gonna get some like she's like our age. She's like our age, yeah. and uh I'm very excited to see how they tie her into the next What
1: When she phase. said she was gonna build a spaceship or something? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, Oh, sure you are. And she's like, I am and they're like, You don't know.
0: And I was like <laughs> <gasps> Because in the comics she becomes like one of the most powerful uh, heroes in in the Marvel universe, and so I I'm very excited to see what they do with Monica Rambeau.
1: Same. Oh man, same. So they, <laughs> they took a lot of liberties with the comics uh, in this movie, whether it's the scrolls or the Kree or whatever. Uh, but I come to expect that, and I'm excited about that because I'm getting a brand new story, mm-hmm. and I'm always down to see like, okay, what are you gonna do with mm-hmm. this with this character? Like, I loved her in the comics. I love this movie. What are you gonna do next? I know?
0: I am not a comic book purist when mm-hmm. it comes to adaptations. Yeah, because I think people need to accept that this is a different universe. <laughs>
1: yeah, they did that with uh, Watchmen, and Watchmen was a pure comic purist movie minus a few ex you know exemptions. There mm-hmm. was no octopus. Uh, <laughs> If you get that reference, it's horrifying. Like, in the comics, there's a giant octopus that kills everybody, and it's not in the movie because it makes no damn sense. And they took out all the 80s references. But, um, uh, but it wasn't as good because you knew where it was coming. Like, the first 10 minutes of that movie were better than the rest of it. And it's just because we got on board really quickly with, okay, this is a purist form. This is, wow, you brought this to life. Then that novelty kind of went away, and mm-hmm. you're like, I just... I know it's going to happen, and I kind of want to see a different version of this now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need you to remake my comic books. I need you to make a new story with my favorite comic book characters that are as, as true to those characters' personalities as you can be. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not go too crazy. Batman who kills people, I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, but Ree Larson, who's, you know, I mean, she's kind of more like in the comics like she was funnier in this. In the comics, she's way more like a like a female version of Hal Jordan. Uh oh, okay. Whereas in I feel like in the movie, she was funnier mm-hmm. and more intriguing and more uh, figuring out. Like I don't know. She was like a mixture of both, and I love that. They changed. It I out.
0: was I was a little concerned about how I would perceive her because I don't know a lot of Captain Marvel. I know, only really know her modern stuff, uh, and mostly in like the big events. And in in those big events, she always comes off as like a stern, like mm-hmm. not fun, always pissing people off type of person. Yeah. And so I was wondering how they were gonna interpret her, but they made her very likable in this. Again. Um and so yeah, I liked what they did. Mind numbingly personable. Mm-hmm. Like
1: just someone you're like, I would hang out with this person. Yeah. And I think that's really important when it comes to any uh especially a superhero world, like character that you as it like like them and you want to see them mm-hmm. succeed. And they did a good job at that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yay. This isn't breaking
1: bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need Walter White to be Captain Marvel.
0: I would not be an enjoyable
1: superhero nope. film.
0: <laughs> Uh, thank you, Topher, for being on my show and talking about Captain Marvel with another male. Um, <laughs> I told
1: told uh, Richard beforehand that I was gonna haze him as much as I did to the show,
0: <laughs> and so. you didn't. You I didn't. didn't. I enough, actually held back. You you did, and uh, I appreciate it. And I hope the <laughs> listeners appreciate my commentary. Our commentary. Uh, you know, I know we don't have a woman here. I apologize for that. I tried to get it to work, but it just could not work. Uh, women are busy. <laughs> they have more to do. They have way yes. more to do than me on a Saturday. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Top- Topher. <laughs>
1: I love being on the show. It is is super fun, and uh, I apologize for being ADHD and being everywhere. And you have to be like oh, roping no, me in no, the whole no, time. No, no, That's no. the only reason I follow Megan's you on the podcast. Go, so. It's, just
0: like... <laughs> it's fine. I follow you everywhere you
1: go. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> now we're on the same page. <laughs> Yay.
0: That was me and Overheartless. We were reviewing the movie. Thank you all for listening. I adore Tofer. I love hanging out with him and talking nerdy stuff. I have a splinter in my hand that I am just now feeling, and it hurts. <laughs> um, all right. I think I took care of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was our thoughts on Captain Marvel. Uh, I did enjoy the film, so yay! uh what were your thoughts though um i'd love to hear from you all did you agree with us did you completely disagree with us or were you in the middle how did you feel i love hearing from you remember you can always email me at richard at awkwardhuman.com. awkward human is the network that the show is put on so yeah um let me think i'm trying to think about maybe some recommendations that i might have but i don't think that i have any right now um Ooh, ooh, sure. Let's do board games again because I'm sure you're not sick of me recommending some board games. <laughs> I just uh, bought a Legacy game called Aeon's End Legacy, and this is a card deck building. Uh, type of game where it can be one to four players yes there is a solo mode and you basically are going through a story and that's what I love about these legacy games is that they incorporate a story it's not just a game that you do a one shot of and you're done Um, but there is a story about you're like some mages you're low level mages and you're going throughout the entire campaign and you're leveling up every time And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. You fight some monsters. There's always, like, a main bad guy monster. And every time the monster gets a turn, you just flip some cards. And it's either, like, an attack, an effect, or uh, another little minion or something. And you have to, like, fight those off. It's really cool. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm playing with Adam right now and we are both enjoying it a lot. Uh, Adam does not like games that are competitive. We used to play Magic the Gathering together, and he liked it because he had to like really think about his moves and strategize and all that stuff, but he didn't like the competitiveness of it. And like me, I used to be very, very, very competitive, and I'd get angry when I lost. I don't do that quite as much. Uh, So having this co-op game to play with him has been really, really nice. And we've been enjoying it a lot. We've played three chapters. There are seven chapters, but I think once you get past a certain point, if you lose, you can like redo a battle uh, to try to win a second time. Uh, and if you don't, you just, you know, you lose and you continue on. But uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation this week. I, it's a lot of fun, like I said. And once you're done with the campaign, the seven games or whatever, uh, you can play it as just a regular game. You don't have to do the whole uh, legacy track with it. You can pull out the characters you created and start playing. And they have a regular base game that has some expansions and all that. And you can take the character that you created from this game and use it in a regular base game. So I think that's really, really cool. Um. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, I'm not really watching too much TV. I guess I love the Orville. <laughs> I think I loved that last season and I'm loving it again this season. So Watch the Orville. It's really good. It has some really important things to say, which is surprising. I think when you think about who's uh, who created it, who's writing it, Ted, uh, not Ted, Todd McFarlane, uh, not Todd McFarlane, Seth McFarland. <laughs> Seth McFarland is writing it and he's starring in it and uh, he's using it to say some really important things, which I really, really like. So, yeah, give that a give that a check out check give that a check Richard okay I'm gonna end the show uh like I said hope you guys enjoyed the review um and yeah you can find me everywhere on social media at le richard c that's twitter instagram facebook and if you want to follow the show that's interview a nerd on twitter we don't have anything else because it's real hard for me to (laughs) to update everything so yeah Uh, and that was Tover Harless and you know where to find him and if you don't then you can go to his guest page uh, at interviewwithanerd.com and yeah I think that's it I hope you all have a beautiful lovely march and that you all stay safe and be nice to each other you know I love me some people who are nice to each other that was a weird ending I'm just gonna end it now bye everyone